This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. A subcommittee of the House Un-American Activities Committee has just wrapped up three days of hearings at San Francisco City Hall. As the Sunday paper of May 15, 1960 tells it, the committee did not get a warm welcome from the city by the bay. The House Un-American Activities Committee, HUAC, was formed in the late 1930s to root out subversive activity and disloyalty in government and beyond. In the Cold War after World War II, it had become a powerful force in the anti-communist Red Scare. The committee's intimidating, forceful style of questioning, threatening to hold witnesses in contempt and pressuring them to name communist sympathizers, those tactics were adopted in the Senate by Joe McCarthy. HUAC was meeting in the Board of Supervisors' chambers to investigate communists on the West Coast, especially in labor unions. Protesters gathered in the rotunda, demanding to be led into the chambers, which police had closed, saying there was no more room. The protesters, hundreds strong, chanted, Abolish that committee! and sang the national anthem. Police ordered them to move away from the doors and be quiet. There was a scuffle. An officer said a protester had grabbed his billy club. And eventually, the cops turned their batons and fire hoses on the protesters, sweeping them down the grand stairway. Fourteen people went to the hospital, some of them cops. Sixty-four were arrested, inciting to riot, disturbing the peace, resisting arrest. The Berkeley Students' Committee for Civil Liberties, a student group at the university, issued a statement denouncing the police for the violent arrests. It said their members were there not as protesters but as observers, and that the crowd at City Hall was hosed and attacked without being called upon to disband, and at no time did the police use standard methods of crowd dispersal. An attorney named Charles Gary offered to pay the bail for anyone arrested in the protests. He'd been called to the city jail to bail out a fellow attorney, and he was outraged by what he saw. They were herding those kids in there like cattle, he said. I decided to let everyone out. Fifty people took him up on the offer. Harry Bridges, a labor leader in the city since the West Coast Longshore strike of 1934, showed up in the middle of the melee and said it was a hell of a note for the fire department to wash a bunch of kids down a stairway. He was told it was the cops, not the fire department, and he said, Well, it's still a hell of a note. Inside the hearing, all the witnesses but one refused to answer questions on constitutional grounds. A warehouseman named Vernon Bond, who lived on San Bruno Avenue, didn't answer any questions, but he did have something to say to the subcommittee chairman, Edwin Willis, a Louisiana Democrat. He called him a madman. And he called staff director Richard Ahrens some kind of a nut. The only exception to the silent treatment was Carl Prussian, who said he'd been a member of the Communist Party from 1933 to 1959, but the last 12 years he'd maintained his membership 
only so he could inform for the FBI. By the last day of the hearing, the protesters were 5,000 strong, booing and yelling Sieg Heil at the committee and singing protest songs. They were ringed by two lines of mounted police. Chairman Willis tried to rush the hearings along, foregoing a lunch break and allowing only short recesses. The Chronicle noted that the spectators who had made it into the supervisor's chambers, which they had done by being HUAC friendly, were less hardy than the committee members. They asked to be let out for lunch. Also noted, a protester who didn't fit in. He was a dapper gentleman with a trimmed beard and a British accent. He wore a sign in place of his boutonniere. It read, Abolish baseball. Support cricket. Attend your English Activities Committee hearing. The influence of the House Un-American Activities Committee waned in the 1960s and it was discontinued in 1975. Baseball's influence has also waned, but as if in defiance of that dapper British gentleman, it continues to exist. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.